We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Wobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah! Oh, yeah. Hey! Hey! Here, 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 just because you left me for someone else, don't think I'm sitting here just missing you. I got all kinds of snags and all these Indian girls. I don't need your love anymore. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, ha, ha. Unspoken Words episode 68 is in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they Lulu for that one. They 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 got that one's attention. <laughs> just that one, <laughs> just that one rough empty. <laughs> oh, unless you probably benches like three hundred. Benches three hundred. Oh, probably fix your car. <laughs> episode sixty-eight, the milk shoon episode. Milk shoon. Milk. Milk, milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's like that wilt. boy milk. <laughs> like wilt with a M. Milt, milt, huh? Milt. When did he, he play for uh, the 76ers? Oh, back in the day. Back when they're still wearing wigs. Just <laughs> kidding. Oh man. So, yeah, we here in the uh, studio. Uh, Randy had to call in. Did you want to speak to your situation? Hey, hello. I'm in the hospital. (laughs) 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 No, I just got to come in here and get some antibodies. Antibodies. (laughs) More antibodies than the tribal casino. Yeah. <laughs> a tribal Kino machine. Yeah, I know he's yeah, over no, there. I had, but... a, I had an infection in my leg that never, that never left. So just can't quite shake it. I can't quite kick it, huh? <laughs> yeah, the antibiotics. I had like three different antibiotics. It wasn't. See what I did there? Wasn't working. <laughs> wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't working. No uh, the way that they wanted to do, so they uh, brought me in here to do the. The real deal, I guess. Yeah. So IV. <clears throat> IV antibiotics. Straight so to be the here head. For a few days. Yeah, no, it's all good. And we're definitely praying for you and everybody out there, you know, praying for that healing. Praying for that healing. Yes, well, sir. Thank you. I, I, felt, I felt 110% today, too. I walked into the hospital or the clinic and. How are you? I'm like, good. Look, we looked and it was worse than yesterday. Oh, <laughs> fuzz. 
Jackson. You need some antibodies. <laughs> yeah. Dang. That's crazy. But I'm glad you're there, and I'm glad you went in, man. Sometimes people neglect that stuff, and then it's too late, you know? Yeah. So it's good that you're on top of it being proactive and going where you need to go and getting getting the medication that you need to get. Yeah. It's all good. <clears throat> and, yeah, thanks for getting settled and then letting us call you. Yes, sir, absolutely. Gotta, the show goes on, you know? Yep, for sure, man. For sure. That's what I was worried about. I'm like, dang, man. <laughs> <Can't miss. laughs> right? Even though you're 70 miles away, I can still yeah. feel your spirit. <laughs> I can still Yo. see your aura on your chair. <laughs> I can still feel your present. Wait a minute. <laughs> All right. That's really weird. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> I was going to use it on you every, every episode now. That's really weird. Oh, man, because about halfway through that sentence, I was like, shut up. <laughs> right on, right on, right on. Um, yeah, just to switch gears here, uh, it was Oreo, my dog. He's a Shih Tzu. Uh, he turned three years old on Monday on Valentine's Day. That's when his birthday is. So, oh man, he's a love baby. He's a yeah. schizo, schizophrenic. <laughs> you know, a uh, love puppy. Yeah, love puppy. He's a he love child. <laughs> No, it's crazy. Um, I was thinking back on, like, you know, he's been with us. We got him, like, April, so he was about six weeks old when we got him. But, man, he was just a little ball of fur. He just oh, fit, man. Still fitting, like, in my hand. I could just carry him around. He looked hand. like those gremlins, like, when they first pop out. Yeah, yeah, just a little ball of fur. <laughs> anyway, so um, just in the past, you know, we've had him for almost three years now. Uh, Some, I don't know, it's fun facts or just disturbing facts of having a shih tzu or having a small dog uh so like when we go out into public and we got him on the leash we're taking him for a walk or we just take him down to the river or we take him back to the res or something for a function anyway so this happened three times oh you all right over there oh yeah sorry (laughs) i thought you fell down i was like i don't have any money Hit the no, button. Hit the button. Pop- they'll come check on you. <laughs> that's my pop can. <laughs> You're making all kinds of racket. I know. Tang, tang, tang. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, yeah. Back to the Shih Tzu story. Um. So like this happened like three separate times, three different Caucasians. Uh, like they they went for belly rubs on Oreo because. Oreo will, like, see somebody, wag his tail, go crazy, and then, like, lay on his back. And, like, peep these Caucasians, they're, you know, they'll go, they've gone, they went for a belly rub, you know, to kind of scratch his belly. But yeah. what they end up doing is fondling his junk. Because <laughs> he's a little dog. Oh, man. And his stomach, his belly, is probably, like, you know, two inches, and then, like, his junk's right there. There's not enough room to be for a full belly rub. Yeah, and they'll, like, fondle his junk and then, like, like just kind of realize what they've done and, like, stand up and give me an awkward smile and, like, walk away. And I'm just standing there, and I don't know how to feel about that. 
<laughs> so you just, you just you just fondled my dog's junk. Did you just assault my dog? And I know Can that's you not. Apologize, please? <laughs> uh, excuse me, ma'am. You need to come back over here and apologize to Oreo. <laughs> that's just like Mr. weird. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I laugh about it, but this is weird, right? That's like crossing some boundaries right there. Yeah. Crossing some boundaries doesn't even begin to. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I know they're going for like a belly rub and just trying to, you know, just trying to show some love, but. Or are they? I don't know. They end up fondling his junk. Hmm. Huh. And then How they, does he feel about this? I don't know. He's just laying there on his back, wagging his tail and. That, Don't know any better. That that dog is kind of out there, bro. Yeah, he's and like another weird thing. Uh, not another another interesting fact about Oreo is like whenever he sees like an older Caucasian lady, like he'll run up to them, wag his tail all crazy, start jumping around, and like pee all over himself. Like oh, he must like it. Pee everywhere. Yeah. But he only does that to like, old, older Caucasian women. He likes cougars. Must like the cougars. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only dog that likes them cats. He, he likes. Huh. He's just a strange individual. Yeah, I. I don't even think he classifies as a dog. He's just a strange. Individual, I've, yeah, I, I spent a little time with him before, and he's kind of a, <laughs> he's an odd bird. That one, really sketchy too. Yeah, he's real sketchy, man. Never know what Is he's like up to, huh? Is he like a person? Well, I think he's got paranoid delusions or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like freaks out. Does he freak out? Yeah, yeah. Like, like over. Well, okay, so when uh, when I was. When he when he came over to visit for a little while, we went for a walk, and I took him around the block, and it was right. I think it was before, right before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, last time. Uh, before Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. So anyway, we were walking down the block, and this lady uh, pulled up on the, on the side of the street, and she was going into her house. And at first, he didn't care. You know, the car pulled up, and we were just walking, and then when she got out, she had like this. Christmas stuff in a box or something, and like this Christmas, like a, what do they call those? Those, oh, like you wrap the tree with yeah, it, yeah, garland, garland, yeah, yeah. That thing was flapping around, and I don't know if that was what triggered him or what, but uh. man, he just tried to bolt the other way, <laughs> boom, <laughs> choked himself, he choked himself. But see, but but the thing is, is man, he goes like from zero to sixty, and like boom, boom. I was like, whoa, this guy, he's like, he freaked out about whatever was in that box, whatever he saw. Yeah. Maybe he said that lady spirits. Is he even heavy enough to choke himself? (laughs) 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 Oh, he manages, he does it, man. He'll choke himself. No, I was just kidding, like, because he's such a small dog. (laughs) He's kind of bulky, though, like, he's got a lot of weight. Yeah, he's he's pretty muscular. Yeah, muscular. There you go. It's weird too, because like he, for a small dog, he he has like the body of a big cat. Oh, nice. I noticed. 
like his body is shaped like like a lion or a tiger, or like uh, uh, what do they call those ones in uh, South America? The jaguar. He may be a jaguar, too, but he has the heart of a lion. <laughs> <laughs> a bushitsu. A bushitsu. <laughs> a bushitsu. Um, what was it? Yeah, so it's like a Chinese lap dog. That's where they originate from. They're the ones who breeded them to be that small. They're like for royalty originally. Oh, okay. Like the dynasties and stuff like that is what I read. I don't know. I might have had some false information or something. I thought, aren't they like for hunting small critters? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't read that. Oh, I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not a dog expert. <laughs> oh, yeah. There ain't no, they hardly ever see purebreds any out in, uh, out in the country. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Purebred res dogs. <laughs> Bro, I where was did just going to say that. Where did you guys find them at? Uh, there's just some uh, rancher, farmer guy. Uh, he's selling oh, okay. them from Wyoming. Like, oh. um. I can't remember exactly where, but he drove up from Wyoming. It was like just like right when you get into Wyoming, between here and Cody somewhere. Okay. Might have been in Cody, um, but like we just answered an ad, and he came up to Billings, and uh, we met him at Cabela's. We gave him the cash money, and he drove off and gave us the dog. My mom has a, has a little dog like that, but it's not a Shih Tzu. It's like remember those ones that are two different breeds, and then they give it a a mash up the name. Oh yeah, a BS like a like a bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he but he, he looks like uh, he, a BS. He, he looks a lot like um, Oreo, only smaller. Oh really? And skinnier. But huh. I mean, yeah, they look alike because they both look like homeless people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oreo does no, look homeless. Look like a vagrant. Uh, I was laughing because remember. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Remember when he says that? that Lloyd, uh, what's that guy? Uh, Jeff Daniels' character. <laughs> a BS. <laughs> a bullshit. Remember he, that dog groomer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say it. I'm cussing out on air. I already oh. did. <laughs> yeah, he did. The boo dog and the shit still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Switch it up. So, did you guys, what did you guys think of that Super Bowl? Super Bowls, oh, man. Ooh. You uh, wanted that last play? Did you see that? Jamar Chase is wide open. Yep. Jalen um, um, Ramsey fell down. Man, if only he had like two more seconds. Yeah, that that uh, the guy that was blocking Donald. Was like, yeah, man. He was like, probably had a hundred pounds on that Donald. They kept pushing but he just around, like huh? he just like kind of got out of the way. That would that kind of weirded me out, man. You think he? Oh, this guy has conspiracy theories. I don't even get you started. <laughs> I won't even. I won't even entertain that. But I felt like the Bengals choked. They choked. Yeah, definitely. I think the Bengals choked. How do just you figure? Because they haven't been there before. They had the lead. You know, they could have built on the lead, but they just choked. 
Okay. I mean, well, it's just like anything else, man. Everybody has their chances, and when L.A. had their chance, they, they took it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think on that last drive, like, what I was, like, the reason why I felt like they choked was, like, why are you guys running, like, up the gut on third and one? Yep. And, I, then, and I know, like, we're all armchair quarterbacks, right? Like, <laughs> That's half the fun. Um, yeah. I would have I would have made that throw. No, I'm just kidding, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have you know I mean? Aaron Donald. No. Yeah, like I it's not my place to really say, but but at the same time I'm still like why would you go for like you're going against the freaking best player in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? Like one of the strongest men in the NFL for that matter and like you're going like right at him like why would you do that on third and one? Basically, yeah. scorpioned him, scorpioned him too, huh? Just kind of reached yeah. out there and said, "Get over here." Yeah, yep. Because yep. I felt like either like a <clears throat> like a um a run in the other direction or like a play action or a sweep or something. Yeah, like because if they missed it, they still would have had like you know another down because that was for four down uh territory yeah four down territory Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting i wonder if uh the Bengals will have the same offensive coordinator Mm. or what they'll fix up you know because they got a good solid group man i just wanted cincinnati to win because like they've never won yeah that's that's what i was saying too is like they they're cincinnati i mean give them one (laughs) i know just give them one at least uh, what'd you guys think of that halftime show? Man, it was amazing. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Okay, so I was going to ask you guys this because um, they said it was a show for Gen, uh, Gen X, Generation X, uh-huh. or was it a show for the millennials? Mm. And since you guys are millennials and I'm considered to be Gen X, mm-hmm. what do you think? Um, so I just recently found out I was a millennial. I thought I was a Gen Xer this whole time. Um, just till like a couple of weeks ago, not maybe a couple of months ago. But, um, yeah, we're like the last of the millennials, aren't we? Like first, the first of them. First, uh, yeah, of them. like the first, first yeah. gener- like the first millennials. Um, I think it's both probably like the tail end of Gen X and then like the beginning of millennials. Because, uh, like, when I think millennials is kind of like the cancel culture and, like, that type of um, that type of crowd, the yeah. barista crowd that sits in coffee shops all the time. I don't know. But those are millennials. Yeah, no, but, but, but I'm, okay, that's I, not me. I, oh, yeah, yeah. You I know, that's it. what I'm trying to get so, to is, so like, that's not me. I you don't. Were, you were born a millennial, but you got the Gen X heart. Yep. There you go. All right. Okay. So that. He's an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> they should grandfather me in as a Gen X. I'm an old soul. Mm. But yeah, they he may be a millennial, but he has the heart of a temptation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> temptation. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. Uh, um, but yeah, they got into a great big old, like, I guess, Twitter battle. Yeah. They would. They would, yeah. They it was, would. It, it was crazy. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought, like, it spoke volumes. Um, 50 Cent? 
Yeah, like all three fifty. Like, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one that kind of noticed right off the bat. It's like, man, this guy is maybe he hung upside down too long or something. <laughs> all the blood went straight to the top. Uh, what were you saying, Randy? But um, I was just saying, like, I was like, these are the people that I grew up on. Yeah. And I do like it. It, it was probably the best halftime show I've ever seen. Um, That would top Prince. That would top all the. Mm. The other people, uh, maybe I am biased, but oh, yeah. for me, I really enjoyed it. Um, hip-hop has always been kind of um, against the grain. Yep. And it was awesome that the NFL finally recognized it, even though they tried to rein it in. Yep. Um, Word. But just to see that happen, like in our lifetime, like that has never happened where you had an all-hip-hop lineup. Mm. Yeah. Um and I don't think any of them would have been there, you know. Um, they weren't meant to be there, but they made it. Yeah. Against all odds. For sure. Um, I but you, you you also see the other side of that, like all these like conservatives, like oh, boy, halftime show ever, and it's like no, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it I, was good. I enjoyed. Uh, it. Yeah, no, it was really good. I could, I think, for me personally. Like, I would have rather seen, I could have went without Kendrick, I could have went without 50, I would have rather seen, like, Warren G come out and be like, regulators, mount up. I think the crowd would have went nuts. But then, yeah. no, R.I.P. Awesome. Nate Dog, he ain't there, so. Yeah. But 50, that was a good, that was a cool surprise. I remember I just started yeah. saying, oh, shit, that's 50. <laughs> Two, what'd you say, 350. 350. 350. <laughs> But you know, like, like what you know, like in the past, you see, like, um, like when J Lo or Lady Gaga or Katy Perry, when they were doing it, it was like really showy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a lot of dancers and things. a lot of lights and stuff. Yeah, a lot of things going on. And there was, I mean, there was a show, but it wasn't like over the top. Like, was, yeah, I think it was kind of true to. There's yeah, kind of like their, their hip hop hood, yeah, like hood and stuff. It wasn't like just like a like a. Oh, for some odd reason, I'm thinking of um, Pure Country. Remember at the beginning when the oh, fireworks and stuff? Yeah. But then at the end, he was just singing. Yeah, with his guitar. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like that, that kind of analogy. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, one more question before we move on is, did you see any commercials that you liked or anything that stood out, anything that was funny? No, I no. didn't even pay attention to commercials. Yeah, I think the commercials, like, like, I don't know. They just—they're not good anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say that lately they took a a, uh, a nosedive. Yeah, um, but they they yeah. brought back that E Trade baby, which I thought was pretty cool. I missed that one. And he's just or he was way out and kind of like uh, remember how they found Wolverine? Yeah, out in the woods, and he he's like he's in a little lumberjack suit or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool though. I thought I could, that's the one, that's the only one that made me laugh. No. I can't remember. Yeah, I didn't even watch them because, just like you guys said, man, they kind of went downhill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all in all, yeah, I think it was good. I was hoping with the halftime show, like Mary J. Blige bust out real love, man. I probably would have lost it. Started screaming. Yeah. Like she's get the, the whole crowd who have been singing with her. Real love. Even though she was dressed like a disco ball? Yeah. 
Little little collar dressed like a disco ball. (laughs) 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 A cowboy hat. Hey, Grandma, where'd you get your cowboy hat? (laughs) (laughs) I was just playing. All right, man. You guys warmed up? Yes, sir. I'm warmed up. All right, all right, all right. So, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. Can't be any geek off the street. You got to be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators. Mount up. <laughs> all right, all right. We're here in the main topic, and we are going to review an article out of the HawaiianRecovery.com. And the name of the article is Top 10, Top 10 Tips to Increase Motivation in Rehab. So if you happen to be listening to this episode while you're in rehab, this episode is for you. Or if you're on your way to rehab. Oh, yeah, true. If you've done your CD value, you're just waiting for a bed date, this episode is for you. But the, all these things could be applied to just recovery in general. So here we go. The first one, dedicate yourself to your rehab program to increase motivation. You might feel tempted to slack off while you stay in rehab it's easy to sit back in the group and avoid participating. Maybe you believe you don't need to be in rehab, but you're there for a reason and you might as well try to get the most out of it. Dedicating yourself entirely to your rehab program is the first step to increase motivation. Motivation. And I open it up to you, gentlemen. Motivation. Go ahead, Randy. Go ahead, GC. I got some uh, technical difficulties. <clears throat> oh, what happened? I'm having trouble with the mic um, stand. And we were doing number one, right? Yeah. Um, I think, like, I always, it, it, this one's kind of been coming up a lot. <clears throat> like, when I went to treatment, I did, it was a 60-day program, and, and, um, I like after I did the 60 days, I had to come back for a court date. And when I went back for a court date, it was like, like up until that point, like I kept rebelling. Um, and when I went back for court, like everything went against me. I got resentenced, got all my time back. Um, the family court case went against me. Uh-huh. Um, I really had nothing to do. And I was like, didn't even really know if I should go back, but I like me told the, the men that I would be back. Um, long story short, had a talk with one of my friends and on the way back, I was like, man, like I, I gotta just let me know I made the right choice. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along that way on that drive back to Wyoming, uh, from Billings, um, my heart changed Yep. and I went from rebelling to, um, it was like a light switch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you know, I'm just going to try to get everything I can out of this program. And when I got back to the program the next day at like seven in the morning, mm-hmm. I walked in, walked in and all those men are sitting at the table and they got up and they freaking surrounded me and gave me a hug. 
yeah. like all of them. Mm-hmm. And they were all happy that I was back. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like, I realized, like, I made the right choice. For sure. But I went from, like, arguing and fighting with everybody to, like, man, everything was different then. And I just decided to stay. And I ended up staying for a total of four months. Yeah. And came home when I was ready. Yep. But just that, those last two months when I really committed myself to the program, um, man, things changed. Mm-hmm. Everything went against me as far as like my court dates, um, resentenced, uh, family court. Like I didn't have custody of my daughter. Like all that went against me. I didn't have nothing. Yeah. But my heart was different. Mm-hmm. And even though I was like, even though I was in a sucky position, yeah, I the posture of my heart. Yeah. was different for sure um and it really i think like that's why i'm successful today yeah in recovery yeah uh, determined yeah because i determined when everything was against me that i was still gonna do the right thing yes sir and seven years later that i'm still doing the right thing you know yep no that's good man that's powerful a powerful testimony how you know just that <clears throat> surrendering and then by the dead changing your heart just on that drive back that's pretty good uh yeah. i know for me like the the last time i went to treatment like i was like <clears throat> dedicate yourself to your rehab program uh that's where i was i was determined i was like because you know just sick and tired of being sick and tired but i went in and i wanted to learn all that i could to combating this addiction and learning all I could, all that I could um, about myself, why I am this way, because uh, I was just tired of trying to do it on my own. Uh, you know, trying to do it on my own, trying to be in control, uh, trying to run the show, uh, just led me to you know a very dark place and drinking half a gallon of vodka every day. And I was I was tired of that, so yeah, that that was me definitely going into rehab the second time, last time. Uh, what about you, favorite Indian? <clears throat> um, man, I just like just like you two, I, I've been in been in and out of them, but I do know that every time I was in there, yeah. I just threw myself into it. Yeah, like I I I I, I did the. I guess it would be book work, but it, but there's also you know that whole you know trying to learn, trying to figure out you know what it is and you know the reason why I'm there. Mm-hmm. And uh, some 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 every you know every place is different, but like uh, they always try to have activities and stuff that kind of take your mind off of, of things every once in a while, you know? Yeah, like. Uh, I know in Great Falls they had like little pizza parties and then let us watch a movie. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. usually like one of those. Like I've watched Twenty Eight Days like a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, but uh, I know like when I was in the state and they had that uh, Connections Corrections program. Mm. And I don't know, is it still going? Do you know? Yep. It's okay. There. Well, th- back then, the first time I went, man, it was boring, bro. 
<laughs> like all we did all day, every day was nothing, but it was just treatment. Bang. So like, I think the, the, the morning time, the first half of the day was basically like criminal thinking and stuff. Yeah. Then the second half of the day was uh, the addiction part of it. <clears throat> but that's all we did. It was like no fun. We, we could go out like, like for recreation. We couldn't do anything because they were like, they had a gym there because watch is right there. Yeah. In the same building. And that's for the, uh, all the DUI guys, felony DUI guys, but mm-hmm. they got to use the gym. They got to use that weight room. Yeah. And those kind of facilities. But we didn't because we were only there for a short time, oh, 60 yeah. days. And so they didn't let us use that because they didn't want us getting hurt. Because straight from there, we would, every a lot, most of us would go to a pre-release. Oh, and okay. pre-release won't take you if you can't work. Oh, wow. So, you know, they didn't want us to sprain, you know, break an ankle or, you know, yeah. get hurt like that. So we basically just walked around the first time. But... <laughs> Lo and behold, I went back again. I went back for a, a second round, and that round happened. two, round two. But the second time I went back, it was a, <clears throat> it was way different because it was more. It was, not only was it like more, uh, there was more activities, but it was more of a. It was more like you know, it was us mm-hmm. rather than just me yeah. trying to figure out me. They scheduled, or they scheduled it. They they put it in a way to where you know we we were all we were a community. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they did was they um, they elected like certain leaders. Like one was, I'm not going to say president, but they, there was a name for it. Yeah. And then the the vice of that, and then one of them was the communications. And just out on, on a whim, I was like, I'll I'll do the communications thing. Mm-hmm. And and I and then everybody you know I I got all the votes for it so and you had to be voted in but anyway one of the things that you had to do was address everybody in the treatment every morning so we'd all mm-hmm. go into the gym and then I we'd all get a chance to speak on the microphone mm-hmm. and what I started doing was I started you know like doing doing like uh, like fun stuff yeah so I would have like I would I would bring in the radio. Yeah. stereo and we'd play a music on somebody would have a cd or whatever we'd play a cd and i'd say okay now we're gonna have an invisible hula hoop contest yeah oh, okay and so like i <laughs> i would just randomly put like a sticky note under like five or six chairs yeah and then whoever sat there you know check under your chair and, and i know where they are so you can't cheat yeah and then you're gonna be in the invisible hula hoop contest <laughs> yeah and so we'd play that music and then you know of course you know i would never make anybody do anything that i wouldn't do myself yeah. So I'd go out there and I'd say, well, this is how you do it. Play the music. And then I'd start acting like I had, you know, doing a hula hoop. Yeah, and everybody laughing. Everybody laughing. And so yeah. <laughs> so we get up like, and then I, I even got like, so it, it's a it, it's an essentially a, a lockdown setting. So there's, I guess, quote unquote guards there. Yeah. And I would even get them in on it. Like mm. I'd put one under it because there's one lady, she sat in the same chair in the back because there yeah. always has to be one in the room. But. So I put one under hers, and we even got her to go out there and do the hula hoop thing. <laughs> but it was pretty cool. I mean, and I guess you know what? What I, you know? Like I threw myself into that. I wanted it to be, yeah. Like I, I wanted to enjoy it rather than like that first time around when it was just it's, it was work. Yeah. Like I, they kind of design. It was designed that way, but at the same time, <clears throat> I think I allowed my own mentality to to say this this sucks because it's just. Yeah, it's not fun. Why am I doing this if I can't, you know, um, 
be able to uh like enjoy my 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 um beginning of recovery yeah and so i mean yeah i think i and and that's a choice that you can make right that's that's something that you you can choose to do you can either choose to say this sucks mm-hmm. or you can choose to say well man this is really cool i'm re- i'm i'm learning stuff um mm-hmm. we're doing this we're doing that i'm not you know out there using and abusing and all that other good stuff so it's a choice that you can make to be joyful in mm-hmm. the moment yeah and I think by throwing yourself in there and, and really trying to dedicate yourself to the reason why you're there. I mean, it says it right there. You know, you're there for a reason. So, yeah, no, I feel that. But that's not to say you can't enjoy yourself, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's that, that's important that that to me, that's one of the biggest things that somebody once said to me in rehab was was that, you know, it's not always just about treatment because we, you know, we have to have fun, too. Yeah. We have to, you know, be able to smile because that's one of our emotions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And rehab is kind of tough as it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is, man. You definitely need that um, kind of <clears throat> something to keep the morale up. Some, yeah, some go. joking, some laughing going on, having some fun. Because it is, man. You're dealing with some heavy stuff when you're in rehab. If you if you dedicate yourself to it and you're really working it. <clears throat> doing the task work honestly presenting your um presenting your task work honestly it's 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 heavy stuff you're gonna cry you're gonna feel hurt you're gonna feel mad you're uh, gonna feel all sorts of emotions um definitely when you're in there so to something that is fun and to keep the morale up is uh good it's all good all right moving right along uh number two all good, all good and hood number two Write down the story of your last time drinking or using drugs. Write down what happened the last time you drank or used drugs. Can help you increase your motivation to stay in your program. It's easy. It's easy to quickly forget how you ended up where you are. If you write down your story, though, you'll you'll have a hard copy of this, of your story to remind you why you found yourself on this new path. And I think that's excellent advice. Yeah. So many times I quit. So many times I said, I'm done. This is it. I'm never going to drink again. And then I get to 30 days, I get to 60 days, or I get to whatever. And then I'm like, well, you know, um, I was causing all that drama because I was drinking whiskey. Uh, this time I'm just going to drink beer. Uh, and then just drink beer for the rest of my life. I never drama out on beer. I never do stupid <laughs> stuff when I drink beer. So I'm just going to drink beer. Uh, yeah. And I've gone back out numerous times on that kind of thinking. And so, yeah, writing it down, having a hard copy to remind yourself is definitely crucial. Uh, definitely something that I did in treatment. Um, I still have all my, uh, what is it, stuff from my notebook. I still have my notebook from treatment, and I go through right. it periodically and read it. Like, dang man, that's how that's how I was thinking. Even early in recovery, my thinking was really messed up. And you can see evidence of that in your 
in your uh, notebook. Yeah. 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 And just like the way I was thinking, like, even though I was in there and I wanted to be a sponge and absorb all the information I could, my, my addictive thinking, criminal thinking was still there. Mm-hmm. Very prevalent. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah. Feedback. I'm feeding back. <laughs> um, oh, who's going, JC? Or- yeah, JC's going. Are you going? Yeah, well, no. I was going to say something, but I, I heard myself talking, and then I was like, what the heck was that? No, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> it's probably a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to think about the lies. <laughs> or you don't have to think about the truth. Um, but what I was going to say was uh, the, they made us write our whole whole story. Mm. Like the, I know the first, not. Okay, so connections, that, that one was real intense. So we really, like we, they, they gave us the, the template for it. We had to like zero to five years and five to ten and then ten, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Adolescence and then adulthood, you know, that. Mm-hmm. So we had to follow a certain criteria, and uh, I remember I remember doing that. But um, like, if I if I was to write the, a story, or you know, about the last time that I used, it would be really. It, it's funny because after all of that, all of that destruction, all of that using, and all of that drinking, and all everything, all the BS that went with it. The last time I used, I drank. Two cans of beer and smoked a couple of roaches. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then I, I mean, that was the last time. I, so it wasn't like, <clears throat> for me, it wasn't like, oh man, I. Like a last hoorah? Yeah, like I drank like a whole. I mean, if I had it, I probably would have. <laughs> yeah. I uh-huh. mean, don't get me wrong. If I had it, I would have. But mm-hmm. I didn't. And that that's what I had that, that night before. Mm-hmm. And then. The next day was my first sober day, so yeah, it, it's funny how that works out. It's like, man, it just a couple cans of beer and some roaches, and then that was it. Yep. And it's it wasn't much of a laugh to raw, huh? No, no. I mean, it's you know, and it, what what kind of strikes me is odd is the fact that, like I said, man, everything that happened before that, and then it just kind of goes poof. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So I can I remember like doing um my story in Great Falls and but when I think about it too, like the thing that I'm reminded of is uh Josiah you say it all the time, like play the whole tape through. To the bitter end. Yeah. Yep. To the bitter end. Uh because I think we're good we're good at, at lying to ourselves and Kind of like what you were talking about. You were like, oh, I, I flipped out because I was drinking vodka. I, uh, I'm going to try tequila this time. Oh, it's always dark liquor that does that to me. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, I'll just drink beer this time. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's not. We, we, we become somebody we're not, right? Yep. But I think it, it's it's awesome to to be like brutally honest with ourselves so that we do remember and not make that same mistake. Um, like for me, like doing the, the last of my dope and then drinking my last MD and driving myself to treatment, like knew I was done. Like I, 
I wasn't done because I wanted to. I was done because I had to. Um, but hold on, guys. Yep. So, but yeah, and see, that's I kind of like when he was talking. It reminded me of another point that I was going to make. Was like that says it on there. Like we forget where we. It's easy to forget where we came from. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, the last time I drank or the last time I used, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had two cans of beer and a couple of roaches. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I can see, I definitely can see where that delusion would come from. Yeah. 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 It is delusion. If you think about it. Mm hmm. We forget about, yeah. It's easy to forget, like, the bad stuff and kind of romanticize the good stuff. Yeah. And I think you brought that, that good point. Like, it's good to like. That's why you, you got to play the tape all the way through to the bitter end. And yeah. you know, early on, my sponsors and mentors and the people I was surrounding myself with was like, "Don't just think about the buzz. Don't just think about all the fun you're gonna have that night when you're triggered, um, when you get that euphoric recall. Don't just think about that. Play, go all the way back to where you were before you went to treatment." how miserable you were and how delusional you were. Like you weren't hurting nobody and you weren't looking at your um, trail of destruction. Like go, go there. Cause that's where your drinking is going to lead to. And yeah. even, even if that, that one night you're not going to go right back to where you left off, but eventually you're going to get back there. Just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. And that's why, you know, like that cliche, like, while you're in here, in this meeting, uh, your addiction's out there, and it's got done running 20 miles, and it's starting 1,000 push-ups. But yeah, good stuff, gentlemen. And we'll keep this ball rolling. You good there, Randy? Randy, bye. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, but hold on. Hold yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> He's taking his temperature. Yeah. Giving them a sponge bath. Now <laughs> <laughs> that water's too hot. <laughs> Man, cool is down. <laughs> All right. Giving them a sponge bath. <laughs> Number three, write out a list of three months, six months, nine months, and one year goals for yourself. One of the best ways to increase motivation is to write them down, your goals. You might find it challenging to think too far ahead if you spend some time writing a list of long-term goals, it helps It helps you consider where you want to be. Try writing three goals you want to do, accomplish in three months, three goals in six months, three for nine months, then write down where you want to see yourself a year from now. And I totally relate to this one because that's what that was one thing that my counselor was always preaching, and it just resonated with me. I was like, yes, yep. That's what I'm going to do. Got out of treatment. And my main goal, I didn't really have any other goals aside from I'm going to make it to 60 days. And when I got there, I was like, I'm going to make it to 90 days. And when I got there, I was like, I'm going to make it to six months. And then when I got there, I was like, I'm going to make it to a year. Uh, Those are my goals, my attainable goals. Um, And even now I'm setting, I still set attainable goals. And I go after them. And when I attain it, when I get to that goal, I'm like, all right, so I set another one. Uh, So, yeah, this is like 
this this really resonates with me. This number three. That 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 word attainable is pretty important too, because like you I mean you don't want to be going out and saying, well, after about a week after treatment, man, I'm gonna have old out two jobs and have three brand new cars and <laughs> two wives, two wives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but attainable because I mean, even yeah, that it it makes sense because when when I think about. Okay, so here's here's the example I'll use, and and I and I think about this every day because it's part of my it's part of my work. Like I have on any given day, like just a ton of stuff to do, and what I realize is that if I think about all the things I have to do that day, and I just get like just burnt, like just something about it, just that thought, mm-hmm. just makes me want to. I don't want to do this, but. If I say I don't have to do all that, I could just I just have to do this. Yep. Because I can't do anything else until this is over anyway, right? Yep. So if I just do this, get that out of the way, okay, that's done. Now what do I got to do next? Oh, okay, I, now I do this one next. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like that whole, um, that you know, trying to be overwhelmed with thinking way, you know, way down the way down the road. Yeah. And, and you know that again, the cliche is you know one day at a time. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that's really all you can do. But to have realistic, attainable, and positive goals for yourself mm-hmm. is when once you get there, you all, you, man, you feel like that sense of accomplishment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like at, there was a point when I don't think I could have did this, yeah. but I made it. And now I can go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. If I can make it this far, I know I can get the next goal, mm-hmm. and then the next one. But if I start thinking, you know way down the road and all these millions of things I have to do to get to that point, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be like, man, or, I mean, for me personally, like I'll be like, that's too much. I can't do all that. Yep. But to say, well, I'll just, if I have to take, I have to take baby steps or I have to crawl before I can walk and then walk before I can run. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, it just makes perfect sense. It's a very wise thing to do. For sure. For sure. Pod got yeah. Sir, you guys ready? You ready with, for you? You done with your sponge bath? Oh yeah, sorry about that, man. No, it's all good. Came in here. <laughs> your um, sponge bath? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, "This guy's teasing me." <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you could even hear it too. But I, I think that's awesome because, um. I think I re- I remember reading somewhere like when you write down your goals, you're more apt to achieve them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because you got you finally got something to work towards. Um, set little milestones for yourself, kind of like what you guys were saying, like what you were saying to say, like thirty days, sixty days, ninety days, six months, a year, like, and that's how it was for me. Um, I didn't even like I. I always say it, but my, my aunt was like, why do you count your days? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that's what worked for me. Mm-hmm. So when I got sober, I never really counted anything. But when I got to six months, I remember seeing this guy make a year. And I was like, man, I never had a year before. Yeah, I've had six months, like once or twice. So I'm going to try for a year. And dude, I made it to a year. And after that, it's just been years ever since, you know? Yeah. I think that's like super. Like it, it keeps you focused. It's, I believe that it does. It keeps you focused in your sobriety. 
keeps us at the forefront, makes that the most important thing um, that we can do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's uh, important for us to set those attainable goals, you yeah. know, because they are achievable. They are attainable. We just got to do the work day in and day out. Um, be disciplined. Yes, sir. Uh, I think, um, yeah, those attainable goals are just so crucial. And like, I never even thought of it, but JC said it was like, just like attainable day, attainable goals just throughout the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Breaking it down. All right, I'm going to get this done. And when I get this done, like, all right, I'm going to get this done. Boom, 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 boom. And then before you know it, day's over and you got everything done. That's good. I like that. I like that. So, because now, you know, I'm trying to keep it simple. Um, that's my biggest thing right now is like, I'm trying to keep it simple. So, yeah, that, that plays into attainable goals. And then, you know, Randy said something that I really didn't even think of, but it really hit home is like, you know, writing it down. Mm. You write down your goals and then you can, like, if you check them off, like, okay, so like when I'm working, mm-hmm. um, I have to write things down, like, like, okay, so I did this at this time. And then, oh, okay, yeah. And, but then, like in the moment, man, I feel like sometimes like, oh man, I got to do all this, do that. <laughs> but when I go to hand in my paperwork at the end of the day, yeah. I look at it and I think, damn, I did a lot. Look at all that that I did today. Yeah. And so that to me is like, like that reminder too, you mm. know, like, man, I did a lot today, so I can do a lot more tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yes, sure. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. We're going to move right along. Number four. Number four, spend your time with people who are on the same path as you are. It's commonly said that you act like a combination of your five closest friends. Stick close to people who follow the same path as you. If you feel like you aren't on a good path, find people challenging themselves to be better. Surrounding yourself with positive people will work wonders on your attitude and absolutely increase motivation. Cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. If you want hang out with 10 millionaires, then you're going to be the 11th. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I know. Every time I see memes like that, I'm like, but I mean, I guess there is some like truth to that. Um, I remember my um, math teacher when I went to Plenty Coup would always say that on, say that to us. He said, if you hang out with turkeys, you're going to think you're a turkey. If you hang out with eagles, then you're thinking you're going to, then you, you think you're going to, then you think you are an eagle or something like that. I probably butchered it, but right. you would always say that to us and everybody would be like, good as again. We'd all walk out. Oh, little did he know he was he was right the whole time. Yeah. But I think there I, I mean I think that is awesome though. That's why it's imperative that we um build community, you know, AA uh, talking circle, church, whatever you have you like you're building your community because you're on the same path. Might not be at the same place at the same time, but you're on the same journey. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, yeah. no, I feel um, that. kind of, you can learn by other people's example. You can learn by watching and you can learn by reading, Yep. you know? Um, so I think that's important. Yeah. First show, what you favorite Indian? <clears throat> All I know is that lions and wolves, they're, they're more successful when they hunt in packs. 
Oh, yeah. True that. True that. And Words to live by. And, uh, you know, all, all kidding aside, like, I, I absolutely believe it because, you know, I, it's, it's hard. Like, man, I go through so much BS in my head on any given day. Yeah. But when I'm with you and Randy and we're sitting here doing this, yep. I don't have a care in the world. For sure. I mean, I feel positive. I feel motivated. I feel uh, safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I and more than anything, I, I not only do I feel like I belong, but I feel like you know that 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 no, no matter what I've been through, yeah, that that you know if I have that support, I can make it through the next thing. Yep. Yeah, I mean? just gonna yeah. No, I feel that like coming here. It really recharges my batteries. Yeah. Coming to the podcast now for that. Right on. Good stuff. Good stuff, gentlemen. Moving right along. Number five. Find some new hobbies or rediscover ones you used to love. You realize how much time you wasted once you get sober. Spend some time discovering new hobbies you always wanted to try. Getting back into activities you used to love doing is another way to fill your time with constructive actions <clears throat> and this is definitely something that i've done uh with my own recovery is like i like to draw i like to draw tags more specifically and so i do i got back into that you know when bought some expensive markers expensive sketch pad and i do that weekly now uh so that's something that <clears throat> I like to do, and we we got that open gym going. Just playing some ball, uh, even though I'm real, my knees are like, "What are you doing?" I'm getting <laughs> out there. I'm getting out there and playing some ball too. That's something I love. So yeah, pass the mic. Mm. Mm, it's good. Pass the mic to my right hand side. Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> so yeah i mean that that is important like i always say you you have to do what makes you happy mm. you know and obviously drinking and using that didn't make me happy and, and but what made me happy was like you know like i like to make stuff yeah just, like i always say i just make shit you know yeah um drawing is one of them mm-hmm. uh painting uh arts and crafts beading Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything like that just make and, and people always, oh man, you should go into uh, business or you know, you should sell all that stuff. But then it, to me, it almost seemed like work, like, yeah, but any, I mean, that's beside the point. But what I like to do is like, man, I get something and I say, here, you here you go, you like this, go ahead, you can have it, take it, uh huh, you know. And, and the other people will say, oh man, you could have sold that, and I was like, well, no, that person looked like they really liked it, so you go ahead, you can have it. Yeah, and um, but the the other thing too, like I mean, th- those were the things that I've always liked to do. Um, there's like for for me, like you know, music is such a big part of my life. I love music so much. Like I always, I like when I was younger, I s- tried to learn how to play the guitar. Yeah, but I was, you know, I was fifteen, sixteen. I was so keyed up, I wanted to do it right then and there. Yeah, and so I, when I couldn't, when I when when it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do, I gave up. I quit. Mm. And, but after after uh, 
I, you know, cleaned myself up. And then um, I took music theory, which I don't know. I'm not going to open that can of worms. Some people, <laughs> some people say, you, know, you, don't, you don't need music theory. You don't need to do that. You can just read off a tab. But that's, I won't even, I won't go there because I only got, I'm, I'm limited on my time, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I took the music theory and, and even though I'm not very good in practice, like I know all the ins and outs of it, but uh, you know, and then like playing the guitar, like I'm not, you know, Jimi Hendrix or anything, yeah. but I know a couple of chords and it's fun. Like mm-hmm. I'm learning something new yeah. and, and it brings me happiness. It brings me joy. Yeah, and just to even if I'm just you know plunking around on it, yeah, like it it, it brings me joy to like learn something new. So, yeah, not only yeah. the things nice. not only the things that I used to do that made me happy, but picking up something new, right? Yeah. So yeah, well, I feel that yeah. right on. Yeah, Pod Gaddy. The one that the thing that I think about is like idle hands lead to destruction. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you have all that free time in your hands. You're gonna end up doing what you've always done. Um, so you, yeah, you. It, it is like important to find. Um, like for me, it was reading, yeah, hanging out with family, um, being accountable. Um, so, you know, being accountable to people and and uh, just trying new things. You know, mm-hmm. like going for walks, going for. I'm going out to the park, taking her dog for walks, yeah, things like that, things of that nature. So, right yeah, on. man, yeah, just getting. Um, and I think both of you kind of touched on these next three because I wanted to. <clears throat> I'm just going to read six, seven, and eight, and then we're going to jump into nine and ten. Um, so six was increase motivation by finding some good inspirational books to read. Uh, seven, stay in touch with your loved ones. Very crucial. Uh, eight, <clears throat> start exercising regularly. And we all know yeah. that's like, you know, just <clears throat> produces endorphins, releases endorphins into like, you know, they call it natural high, runner's high. Um, those are all good things. <clears throat> um, number nine, participate in a 12-step program. 12-step programs help millions of recovering addicts and alcoholics get and stay clean and sober. They offer a new way to live um, live your life and support from people who understand where you come from. If you remain open-minded, you might find more than you expect from a 12-step program. And for me, initially, you know, first time I went to treatment, I worked the five, worked the first five steps. And then when I got back, I didn't continue that. Uh, like I was just writing uh, uh, that pink cloud, as they call it. When you're coming out of rehab, uh, my pink cloud was, I knew what was wrong with me. That was my pink cloud. And I rode that for like six, seven months after treatment. And I really didn't work a program. I didn't work an honest program. Um, I like, um, oh, what is his name? I can't think of his name, but he's a British actor. He was on Get Him to the Greek. Leroy. <laughs> no. Leroy. I know who you're talking about, that guy with curly hair. <laughs> yeah, the oh, guy with curly hair. Russell Brand? Russell Brand. Yeah, he's in recovery, yeah. and he has this um, video. I pinned it on the White Eagle Talking Circle group page. Um, anyway, he talks about recovery, and <clears throat> um, he said he says, you're always working a program, 
you're either working a conscious program or an unconscious program. And I, that man, I heard that. I was like, yes, that, that was, that's exactly what I was doing. I was running an unconscious program when I was, before I got to the red road. Cause like, I, like I always say, I didn't know I had a choice, but now knowing I have a choice in my decisions, like, and my decisions directly affect my life. That for me, um, is captured by what he said there. You either work an unconscious program or you work a conscious program. And being in the rooms, uh, being in the talking circles has really helped me. I mean, I wouldn't be sober if I didn't immerse myself into that scene. And with that, I'll pass the mic. Well, <clears throat> I'm I was the same way. Like when I went to treatment, I got to five. And I think that was just the requirement at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, just like you, I I, I didn't uh, I didn't go anything any 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 further than that. I didn't go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And and I sure didn't go to. Well, at first I did, you know, went to AAs and stuff like that. But I think that was more because I had to. Yeah. I mean, for first and foremost, you know, I wanted to keep up appearances. And probably knowing full well that I, I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't taking it, you know, I wasn't going to do it. Like you said, like in the, in the moment, like when in treatment, like riding that pink cloud and even afterwards, a little bit afterwards, it was there. But I think at some level, I just knew that I wasn't, I wasn't done yet. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, I I just think that it's 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 important to stick with that, like you just to grind. I mean, if you, not really grind it out because that's almost makes it sound like work, and it's not. Like if you were inspired to change and to be become the person that you want to be, then it's not really work. It's more like inspired action, right? Yeah. And so it, it's important to find that and get there and and. Uh, like you said, be honest and work that work it, make it. You know, you have to do in order to get. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, it, if 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 we could just wish or pray or you know hope, if that's all it was, I'd be a multi billionaire <laughs> living on the surface of the moon in a ice mansion or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, or with a freaking laser with with a laser attached to my forehead. No, (laughs) or it could be the exact opposite too. Like, man, I could be like knocking on the gates of hell. Like if, if it was just up to my thoughts and my ideas and, and, and what, or fears or anxieties or whatever. Yeah. But putting that into action, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go work this program. I am going to go find a place where I can I, I can be a part of that um, community. Mm-hmm. And, like, it goes back to whatever number it was, you know, being around like, like-minded individuals. Yeah. It's important to do that because, uh, well, for a lot of reasons, but the one reason that I was thinking of is that if you see successful people, then you know, A, you know it's possible, and B, you, I think you might be motivated to succeed yourself. Like, you know, like Randy's always saying, like, like I've never had a year before. Oh, yeah. You're talking to people who have a year. He's like, man, I want, I want what that guy's got. Yep. 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just a couple ideas that I had on that. For sure. For sure. Pod, get it. Uh, what are we doing? Like the 12-step one? Yeah. Um, like for myself, I don't think I really like followed it step by step. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like utilize certain portions. Yep. Um, and that's like, like what works for me. But as we move forward, like, especially with you guys, I've started to take notice, um, of the steps Yeah, and starting to do them. Um, because I do like my desire is to continue to remain sober, continue to remain in not just sober, but live life of recovery. Yep. You know, um, mm-hmm. which is like healthy inside and outside. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's important. Like if, if it didn't work, like you wouldn't have all these people who have been successful in working their program. Yep. You know, um, so yeah, numbers don't lie, man. And people, people um, are successful when they do follow that. Yes, sir. The ball and don't lie. Like, yeah, I, and that's why, like for me, like the further along I grow, and especially hanging with you guys, like I'm looking into it more. Word. You know, I went like the church route, and, and they're very similar. Yep. You know, um, very similar and a lot of accountability and stuff, yep. uh, forgiving and, and all that. All that jazz, praying, um, remaining in communion, mm-hmm. things of that nature. But, but yeah, man, that's what works for me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and I don't think if you weren't working an honest program, you wouldn't be here with us. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and and it's also be you know, worth being said that whatever it is, find it, it's got to be something. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be something. You ha- you gonna because not only do you have to be accountable. But, and honest, but you know you have to have a, a, I guess a roadmap, right? Yeah. Like you know you have to have guys. You can't just go out there and wing it. Like I know from experience, man. You can't just go out there and say, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do." Yeah, because then you're running a show. Then you're yeah. So I mean, and and all three of us, if you if you listen to our stories, all the, how we came about it. Is kind of different paths, yeah, and different um, methods or ways. To, yeah, but mm-hmm. the end result is the same, and I think it's because of those similarities, you know, that we had, like you know, you, yeah, 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 like you said, running an honest program. Yeah, but it's got to be something. You can't just yeah. And I think some of the things that we all have in common with our stories is that there was accountability. We stayed transparent. <clears throat> We stayed transparent with our accountability people. Um, <clears throat> we were in community, and we had service work. Yes. Those four things, and those are the four things, like the foundation of recovery. And we all had that. And we all have that today, too. Absolutely. So, moving right along to number 10. Develop a plan for yourself to follow once you leave rehab. The most important way to increase motivation and stay clean and sober is to develop a plan. If you leave rehab without an idea of what you plan to do next, you are more at risk to relapse. Instead, work with your case manager or counselor to come up with actionable steps to take once you leave rehab. Commit to yourself to stick to your plan 
and you have a better chance of staying clean and sober. And this was very key for me um, because they said, what is your relapse prevention plan? And part of that relapse prevention plan was I had to pick out meetings that I was going to go to every week for the next 90 days. And I wanted to get that 90 and 90. So I picked out a meeting to go to every day. And I like just what this reading just now said, I, I made a plan to stick to that. And I did. And I got out, I went to a meeting that day and then I went to a meeting every day for the next 90 days. Every single day I was somewhere at a meeting. Some days I went to two or three meetings just cause I was, I felt like I needed it. You know, some days I went to downtowners at noon then I went to par at six o'clock and then I come down here and run the talking circle from seven thirty, uh, seven thirty to eight thirty. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, that's just the way it went just because I was, I had that plan and I was so scared of going back out. I did not want to go back out and I still don't want to go back out today. Um, so I had to have that plan in place and I had to stick to it and you got to stick to your guns after you make that plan and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like when you're, <clears throat> when you're reading it, um, I couldn't help, you know, but think of like, I remember like when I was still fresh out of, out of rehab and I remember, or, you know, just about to get out. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, how, how can I do this? How, how am I, you know, kind of had that fear of like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I was just going to say like there, your counselor and whoever you're working with while you're in rehab, talk to them about it. Like, okay, so I mean, you're coming up with your own personalized plan, but you know, you got that person right there to run it by and say, well, what do you think of this idea? Or what do you think about the 90 and 90? Or what do you think about, you know, this, that, the other, I mean, you you don't have to do it alone, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because like when I felt like I was alone and that's when I felt overwhelmed and it's like, man. And then of course, you know, same old story. Uh, if I, if I can't do this, then I quit. Yep. Right? So, so there's, but there's no reason to feel like that. There's no reason like you have to white knuckle it and feel like you're on your own yeah. or you have to do any of these things by yourself. Yep. Um, there are always, you know, your counselors, there are, uh, uh, sponsors, whoever there are always people there who are going to be willing to help you not do things for you, but to help you. Yeah. And so I, I think that's just, you know, I just wanted to put an emphasis on that because I remember being or feeling lost or overwhelmed mm -hmm. or, you know, like, man, I, mm -hmm. I can't do this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hot <laughs> daddy. <laughs> no, but I, I think like developing a plan, it all, it's all a part of just being focused in your recovery, mm. developing new habits. Um, because once again, if we keep doing the same thing that we've always done, we're always going to end up where we were. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. in, in recovery. So once you develop a plan, you write it down, 
um, it, it kind of keep it's kind of like a schedule it's kind of like and, and I think like for me like it, it was church it was reading it was um, praying it was you know mm-hmm. like just um, diving um, all the way in yeah. and not looking back um, but I think that's that's important there's really nothing else to say other than you have to have a plan because if you don't have a plan, you don't have a vision. The Bible says uh, uh, those without vision will perish. Yep. You know, meaning mm-hmm. if you don't know where you're going, you're just going to end up um, gone. Yeah. Uh, aimless, you know? Yeah. Everything we do in life, we have to have a vision for it. Yes, sir. Um, and the same goes for recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, no, sir. I think that's very true because one of the things I taught, um, especially working with youth as a counselor was trying to trying to um, help them find their purpose, help them trying to help them realize what their talents were and then how are they going to use those talents to help people. And then in that helping people that they were going to find a purpose. So having that plan coming out of treatment, coming out of rehab uh, gives you purpose. And that's very true, very, very true that we <clears throat> need to do that because, like, I always tell people uh, when I worked at treatment facilities in the past years, uh, different ones that asked me, like, what should I do? What meetings should I go to? Um, who should I ask to be my sponsor and stuff? And they ask me those kind of things, and I tell um, uh, I say, Go to all of them. Go to all the meetings. All the meetings, like especially if they're here in Bellens. I said, go to every single one and find out, you know, kind of figure out where you fit in and then make that your home group. Because um, what I want to see is I want to see you succeed. And if that's in AA, cool. Go to AA. If that's in NA, go to NA. If that's in church, go to church. I mean, if that's in talking circles, talking circles, your home group, cool. Go to talking circles. But get in where you fit in. Get in where you feel welcome, where you connect with people and run with that crowd. Because ultimately, what that's going to do for that person is like they're going to have success in recovery. Um, and that's all. That That's the advice I always give out. Yes, I want, especially if they're native, I want them to come to the talking circle. But if they don't, I don't hold that against them. I might look at them some kind of way, but just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, be that way. Fine, I just snap eyes them. Just kidding. Uh, No, but on that note, too, people asking for advice, man. I was just thinking about this. It just kind of came to me. It hasn't happened in um, quite some time now, probably over a year now. Where I don't know if you guys run into this, but where an individual usually early to recovery, they come and ask for your help, advice, or they ask you to be their sponsor, but they never take your advice. That's so freaking irritating. (laughs) They ask you to be their mentor, their sponsor. So then you're like, okay, cool. So this person needs some advice, needs some help. 
And then everything, every single piece of advice you give them, they got to answer for. Or they got something negative to say about it. Oh, man. I don't know why. I just remembered that this past couple of days. But it just hit me. And I was like, well, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> you know, I that did remind me of, of, of somebody. And the first thing I said was, well, you, you should probably start going, by going to rehab, going to treatment. Yeah. And right off the bat, no, no, but I don't want to do that. Anything yeah. like that, you know, is there any other way? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know what, man, I already know where you're at. Yeah. Just by that one answer alone. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't say it outright, but essentially I was like, come back when you're ready. Yeah. You're not done yet. You're not done. You're not, you're not sick and tired of being sick and tired, I guess. Yep. I think that's one of the things that I've learned is like everybody has their own journey. Yeah. Um, the only thing that we can do is be there uh, whenever they get back on our ride. You know? True. Very true. Very true. Very true. Because um, I, I was like, like <clears throat> that. that's one of my pet peeves too. It's like when people come up to you and they ask you um, for mentorship and and all this and and then um, they don't follow any of your advice. <laughs> they go do the opposite every single time. I, yeah, I remember I gave this one gentleman a book to read. Um, about a year and a half later, two years later, he was going through something. And I'm like, bro, like, have you read that book? And he goes, no. I'm like, see? Why do you want me to keep... Uh, keep mentoring you when you don't even apply yourself yeah I'm like it's almost two years yep you know mm -hmm. <laughs> dang he's like oh, I'm gonna get that book right now my, <laughs> my wife took it away and it's like no nah, you bro, saying like, your wife took it away no his wife put it away in oh. storage because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't reading I mean, it it was just yeah it was just another excuse you know what I mean yep Brazil. and you can you can see that right off the bat like like you know <laughs> I always say it's the little things. You can tell by the little things, but then there's just that, every, you know, you always get those ones that are just outright, well, I don't want to do that. I'll do anything else. But I don't want to do that. Just almost like an outright no. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. why don't you just go buy a bottle and get drunk tonight then? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> why don't you just go pawn that book? <laughs> go pawn that book then. Go pawn that book then get you some cocaine. <laughs> Get you a, get you a traveler. Go sit on that bench. Get you a traveler and some Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> and sing George Strait. Oh, how you sparkle. <laughs> oh, how you shine. <laughs> Blush on your cheeks. is more than a wine. You must do something that I didn't do. Whatever he's doing, it looks good on you. You, you look, look so good. Love. You want him? That's easy, easy to see. You look so good. <laughs> enough. You want him? You better not. You just got your chonies and gown on there. 
<laughs> what did you say? What did you say? He said, I was, took my shorts off and threw them. <laughs> Probably not even wearing shorts. Uh, just wearing a gown <laughs> over straight there. Up, straight, up, straight up gown and buns. <laughs> Randy buns. <laughs> did they bring you dinner over there? Yeah. Nice. What did you get? Indian uh, taco? Oh, man, I don't That's know. That's like some I don't know what that meat was. It looked like turkey, but it looked like turkey, but like tasted pork. like ham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> smelled like fish, but tastes like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they brought uh, they brought that rice, mixed vegetables. Oh, nice. Whatever it was was healthy. Nice. Did you know your nurse cousin? Uh, no. Oh, native though. No. no. Nope. Oh, really? Uh, the only one that Cherokee? I had native was the initial, um, the initial nurse in the ER. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And then the huh. ones up here, they're all, they're all Bostrelix up here. Oh, really? Huh. Yes, sir. Huh. You tell huh. them. Pretty nice, though. You tell them that Super nice. culturally insensitive. <laughs> I want someone that looks like me. I need a, <laughs> I need an auntie. <laughs> Take care of me. A strong one. One that can bench 300. <laughs> one that can jerk a whole engine. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. That's Yuck. really weird. <laughs> hey, put your gown back on. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I declined the gown. <laughs> I declined the gown. <laughs> I'm in my sweats and a. T-shirt. Oh, I thought you were Oh, did you? I, I go commando. <laughs> <laughs> More natural over here. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, I, I'm going to use my sweats and a t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just chilling in your chonies. <laughs> I got my socks on. <laughs> I got my socks on. Take my socks off for All anybody. Right. All right, cool, man. Hey, I, I got to go, guys. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll be praying for you, yeah. and we'll put a prayer request out before we close out the episode. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, um, I appreciate you for jumping on. Yeah, thank you, guys, for unspoken words. Love you, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, love Talk you, to too. You yep, keep us yep. posted. Yep, later. Yep, yeah, later. Hey, ha, ha. Hey, ha, Well, 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 that is um, our 13th apostle. Had to sign off. Uh, probably doing nurses doing the rounds and stuff. So he's down there at the Crow Agency IHS Hospital. Got to check the old blood pressure. Yeah. Um, so prayers out there for him, definitely. Uh, I'll be praying for that healing. You know, he's got a infection. Got to take some heavy antibiotics for the next couple of days. He's going to be down there staying. Uh, anybody down there in Crow country. Uh, feel free to stop by and pay him a visit. I don't know if they allow visitors, but you guys storm the castle. <laughs> Stand outside, say, free Randy. <laughs> free the pod Gotti. Free the pod Gotti. Free standing, the pod Gotti. Standing outside a hospital. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, anybody down that way, man, go pay him a visit. Tell him unspoken words sent you. And rally the prayer warriors so that he can heal and be running around before you know it. 
Yeah, so he can be running around at Open Gym on Sunday with us. Open Gym, be the first one down for the fast break. Yeah, slam a jamming. Well, that was pretty good. A um, lot of good perspective, a lot of good feedback from you gentlemen. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate Pod Gaddy. I appreciate, appreciate Favorite Indian. You guys always bring it every week. Um, any last announcements? Oh, our article for the Charcusta is, I think it came out. I have to double check. I didn't even I, look. I just now checked and it wasn't on. Oh, that was like a couple hours ago. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, as soon as that comes out, we'll put that out Anything on our Facebook and definitely keep sharing. Um, for the ones that have been hitting us up with the feedback, man, we appreciate it. Yes. Um, yes a lot. You sense. know, we're just up here. We're sharing our experience, strength, and hope because it was others that came before us that shared their experience, strength, and hope with us. That's why we're sitting here. And. You know, we appreciate the feedback. Blessings to you and those of you listening, you know, and sharing our podcasts are just loyal listeners. Blessings to you. Um, keep on spreading the unspoken words gospel. Billy Graham style Holmes. Holmes. Odalay, you got anything before we go? No, you took all the gems. <laughs> took all, all the, the nuggets. Stuff, all the nuggets. The nuggets. But yeah, 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 man. Much love to all you people out there who are listening. Um, you know, keep your head up. Keep fighting the good fight. And, yes, we definitely are inspired and motivated and and helped by those of you that offer your feedback and also, you know, all of you guys offering prayers for our success and all that other good stuff. You know, we, we absolutely, truly 100% appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think words can express how much we value that and how much we love you guys out there. Um, thank you because... You know, like like I always like to say, you know, this isn't just about me; it's about us, and that includes you, the listener. So you yep. know, you're all part of this circle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thanks for walking with us, um, and we're honored. Thanks for listening to us. We appreciate you guys. And with that, we're gonna be out. And give me some air horns and the horse before we go out. I want to hear that real quick. <laughs> Just would be an episode without that guy. Yeah. Whoa, cringer. Whoa. Whoa, cringer. All right, all right. That's a protector. He's just filled with humility. Look at the way he holds his head. Look at the way. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the way he flips his mane. He's just a humble horse. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Ride the humble horse. <laughs> That's yuck. really weird. Yuck. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm blushing. OMG. All right. <laughs> Episode 68 is a wrap. Thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. All our listeners on Flat Earth, we are out. Shinook. Peace. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.